Hey everyone, welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, owner and host of the podcast. I'm here to share my heart with you. Uh, today I have a very special guest and I'm going to uh, introduce her in just a minute. But right now I just want to uh, welcome anyone who's new listening to the podcast. Um, if you don't know me, I've been married to Daryl for 30 years and we have eight kids ages uh, 15 to 28 and we have six grandkids. And today on my podcast, I have my daughter here with me. As most of you know, we lost our first grandson to stillbirth almost six years ago. Uh, This was our daughter, Brittany, and her husband, Jacob's first baby. And our family grieved, but we also grew through this deep loss, both individually and as a family. God's presence was just tangible in the midst of our loss. It's like the Bible says, we grieved, but not as those who have no hope. Today, Brittany is joining me to tell her story. She was careful not to tell the story too soon, but allow God to do the work that he needed to do in her own heart before she did that. Because really, guys, this isn't something you can rush. It is a kind of waiting on God that, though excruciating at times, brings with it a deeper healing and perspective that nothing else can. So we will be telling Isaac's story, but also um, in another podcast, we'll be talking about the succeeding pregnancies and births because I don't think that people realize how life-changing this kind of loss is. Um, It's messy, and it stays messy for a long, long time, but God is in the messiness, and that is exactly where he loves to meet us. Brittany, thank you for being here today. I'm excited to do this. I am excited and too. And this is a special day to do this. It really is. Today is the day that Isaac actually was born. So yes. we lost him uh, yesterday, six years ago, and today he was actually birthed. And um, I can't remember, you told me, um, do they issue a birth certificate or only a death certificate? Both. They did both. Yes. Okay. And which I appreciated. I appreciate that too, because yes. He was definitely mm-hmm. birthed, and he was definitely here. And His, we got to see him. We got for the to first see time. him. Yes, we did. And I know um, that this has been a long time coming. And I'm grateful not only that you waited until God prompted you to share your story, but that you are willing to share it for the benefit and encouragement of others. Because um, as we're going to talk about in a later podcast, PTSD is real. Yes, it's it real. is. And yeah, she um, Brittany has a lot of really valuable things to share. Um, that is something we'll share in a little bit later podcast. But uh, one thing that we discovered as we've told our story several times over the years, the last six years, um, is that it's human nature for people to want to know the details mm-hmm. leading up to losing Isaac because they want to find they they want to find someone or something to blame the all elusive answer and they're right there is none (laughs) there is not there is not and so we are choosing not to tell that part of the story one because we don't want the focus to be the wise no and the second thing is we want the focus to be what our focus was and 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 is and Mm -hmm. should be and that is that God is sovereign and that he is good Mm -hmm. all the time. Yes. And we said that over and over and over again through that. So um, we lost his heartbeat at, at one point and you were, mm-hmm. uh, we went, we were uh, at the hospital and it was confirmed mm-hmm. by the ultrasound um, yeah. that he was not with us anymore. Um, so tell me, uh, I'm, I'm just picturing, I can picture this hospital room. I can picture the whole thing. It's just me like too. it happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, really? You just don't forget, you know, but I remember um, that moment when the ultrasound, it was confirmed. And so tell me about um, a few defining moments that you remember after finding out that Isaac had passed. Well, let's see. Yeah, I think just, I think it was just sitting there with my husband, with Jacob, and I could just, I just looked at him. I just, all I could do is just watch him. I and just. It sort of grounded me, mm-hmm. um, and I then that. just I just had to kind of keep looking at him and sort of keep that as my focus, and just sort of because 
it's like it's not quite registering. You're just you're in shock. Right. You're still taking it in and let alone, you know, what this is going to mean for the next 24, 48 hours, the next year, really the rest of your life. Right. There's so much going through your head that you're just sort of stopped. And all you can really do is just pray. And mm-hmm. you can just talk to God and you can just reach out to him because there's, that's just, you're so overwhelmed. Right. Right. And you're like, is this really happening? And then, you know, our, you know, you were there, we had loved ones there, other people too. And you're just like, okay, being an introvert, you know, right. I tend to be alone to fully process things. So when there's other people there, you're sort of like, okay, okay. You know, you just can't process. No, it. you can't. It and was like a, a shock response, which obviously that would be expected and normal. Uh-huh. But when you're in it and, and I, I was standing there and I remember watching you just staring into Jacob's eyes and he, he, he was staring back and you just held, I mean, you guys held that gaze. It was like, there was no words. It was <laughs> just, you knew that's what each other needed and that's what you did. And, um, it was just, it was precious for me to see because to, to just from that moment to have him so incredibly supportive and so there for you. Mm-hmm. That was such a huge, was one of those moments when I'm just like, Oh, I love this guy. And there's <laughs> been several, but that was one really big one. Yes. Um, and you know, it was just, it, for me, I was as a mom wanting to help and really feeling completely helpless knowing that really this was you and Jacob's story. You know, and and this, it was hard because we hadn't even been married for a year. No, no. At that point. Been a year. And, yeah. and so for me, my role had kind of changed to a certain degree mm-hmm. in, in this scenario. I wasn't providing the bulk of the emotional support anymore. He was. And so um, that was, I was totally comfortable with that, but it was just finding my place in that moment. Right. What, well, what so did much she about need? That first year of marriage, you're. Ever, all your relationships sort of readjust. Right. And we were still kind of working in that area right. when all this happened. This it, was exactly about two weeks before our first anniversary. Right. So, yeah, everyone was still, we were just getting that first year under our belt, and it was like, it's a lot to get hit with. <laughs> it was a lot. And so I knew that this was their story to walk out. And I, like I said, I love the way that he supported her. Um, I felt like much more of a spectator. And obviously that my role had changed. I was completely comfortable with that. But knowing what it isn't and recognizing what it is is a process. Like you can say, it's not this, it's not this, it's not this. I just don't know what it is. But God it graciously unfolds that mm-hmm. with time. But um, I just needed to look where God was working and join him. And I could see he was working between you and Jacob. Like he, he was providing that support and that what you needed right there. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because, um, I remember leaving the room thinking, I just, Oh no, I didn't leave quite yet. Somebody's phone went off. That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. The doula that was there, her phone started, had a ring tone on it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get it to shut off. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is a lot of noise in the midst of all this shock. And so I took the phone and I headed out the door and I still couldn't get it to shut off. Which is funny because I don't remember any noise like that at all. Isn't that crazy? Um, Yeah. And then I do remember that everyone did get a little bit busy with something else. And we had a minute just alone. alone. I just needed that for a second. Right. And, And it was just like... In that moment, when everyone was distracted for just a brief moment, I feel like that was just a God thing for me to be able to go, okay, we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And it was like, we looked at each other and we're like, we're going to, I feel like we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. It was the strangest, it was not It what doesn't make sense. It's that no. peace that passes all understanding. It's shock and overwhelm and then all of a sudden, we'll be all right. Whatever happens, we will be, you know. And that wasn't something you were just saying. That was really something you were feeling because this is really interesting, you guys. God is so good the way he times all of this stuff. You can't plan this stuff. It's just you have to just walk in it. So I walked out, like I was saying before, this song was playing. And finally I was like, you know what? I was like, Lord, help me to get this shut off. And all of a sudden it was like, what if you're supposed to listen to this song? So I sat down and I actually started listening to the words. And here's what it said. It said, all who are thirsty, all who are weak, come to the fountain. Dip your heart in the stream of life. 
Let the pain and the sorrow be washed away to the waves of his mercy. As deep cries out to deep, we sing, come, Lord Jesus, come. And all of a sudden it was like, I realized what we needed was Jesus. We needed him to fill that place. And that's what I prayed for. And and so I was experiencing his grace out there in the hallway. And I'm thinking to myself, this is grace. This is what grace feels like. And my next thought was, I wonder if Brittany's feeling it. I wonder, I mean, I can feel it, but who cares if I feel it? I want her to feel it, you know? And so I, I'm just wondering, I was praying, Lord, you know, is she feeling it? I walked back in the room and it was after you had that moment mm-hmm. where you were feeling that peace. Mm-hmm. And I looked at you and you looked at me and you smiled and you said, I can feel his grace. And it was like, whoa, you know, <laughs> all of a sudden that verse from third John four said, uh, that says, I have no greater joy than to know that my children are walking in truth. It was knowing that her heart was connected to God's in such a way that he was going to, he was going to minister to you and you didn't need me as much as you needed him. <laughs> you know? That's true. And, yeah. And you so just, yeah. I was like the first big, he meets you there. Right. It's like the first time really, really experiencing that. Like, wow, he's not joking when he's like, he meets us right where we're at. Right. As much as we need, but we don't get that ahead of time. That's right. And it doesn't mean you don't get hit with this shock and this deep grief and loss and and there were tears for sure I don't want anyone to think of you know I was there were tears it was hard with the overwhelm but then it was just like yeah being able to smile through all of it because just there was that much grace yeah I just I remember feeling that same thing over and over and over again throughout the grieving process, and I'm assuming Mm -hmm. you did too where you would have these waves of just just deep gut-wrenching grief but then when you just let yourself feel that it was like on the heels of that there was peace yeah it does it just and it sort of helps you learn to adjust after time you're like yes I have to walk through this and feel this but I know what's coming right the grace is right behind it right and Okay. Okay. And you cannot front load grace. Right. And this is the thing that I noticed that people didn't understand. If they'd never walked through it, and especially as a Christian and never experienced it, they were far more upset at times than we were. Yes. Like it was (laughs) it was a learning curve discussing it with people because Like, I felt like they couldn't handle it. Because they didn't have the grace. They weren't there, right. And I and I get it because we you know, felt the same thing for through, other people. Yes, exactly. And uh, if it's not your cross to bear, it's uh, you just don't understand the grace that comes with it. Right. Each person right. gets the grace that comes with their cross to bear. And it's been a good learning curve for me being a really sympathetic person, mm-hmm. too, not to take on too much. Right. Because after walking through it and then just like, oh, no, I wouldn't want to put that on someone else. That is not. They have their own burdens. Right. You know, basically it just is a learning curve. Right. Discuss it in a way that gave off the right understanding of, you know, yeah, the perspective, right? Of we grieve, but we don't grieve without. But we also experienced God in a huge way, like a way we've (laughs) never experienced Him before. Mm -hmm. It was it was crazy, and I I remember, um, you know, as a mom, your concerns are obviously my concern was for you Mm -hmm. and for Jacob, but then it was also, what about the other kids? Like, how are they going to handle this? How are they going to process this? Are they going to see God in an inaccurate way? That was my biggest prayer through the whole grieving process is that they would not have a skewed version of God because of this loss Mm -hmm. that we had. And I know that was a concern of yours, too. Um, And I was also, you know, initially concerned for that for you. But as I watched you walk through it, I could see you know, God was ministering to you and you were receiving it. And it was, there was a definitely a, a, a great thing going on there, but then thinking about the other kids and then, you know, taking them all home right. and walking through the and subsequent why it was days. wonderful that we did have support from so many areas. Yes, we did. Jacob and his yeah, family just, yes. was wonderful. And his family and, were great and you guys were great and everyone just worked together so well. And there was so much support and so much love that, right. 
it it just made it all was the like um, it was like a beautiful experience of what the body of Christ is supposed to be to each other. Mm-hmm. That was probably yes. my biggest experience with that, just because all these different people from all these different seasons in our lives came alongside of us. And it was like everyone just put on the brakes. Yep. Screeching halt. And they were there. And they respected the grieving process and they respected what had happened. And, and nobody at, at any point ever made the way I was walking through grief sound weird or different or right. anything. It was just, it was accepted. And they just jumped in to help get right. me through it. Right. <laughs> right. And, and it was interesting, too, to note later how um, God sort of in his own way, when we got down further down the road and we could look back, the hindsight was that he had kind of prepared us for it and we didn't realize it. Yes. For sure. And we had a friend who had lost her baby in childbirth, her first baby, yeah. uh, five months before you. Yeah. You happened to And have, this was where I couldn't even handle. Right. Like, it was very hard to think of. It was for I was me pregnant too. at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was just hard to think of. But then once we walked through it, it was like, oh, this is this is not at all like what, what I, I would thought. imagine that somebody would be going through. Right, right. Um, I remember really just being so I just I there was a processing that had to happen with Margie's loss. Mm-hmm. And then I watched her and her husband walk through that and um, Michael. And we went to church with them. And for the months following their loss, I would look over at them in church. And I would see the two of them just lifting their arms to the Lord and just worshiping Him. And there was joy. And I just, it was so hard for me to wrap my head around that. And yet, it was so good for me to see that because when it came time for us, I realized we can do this. There is a good way to <laughs> yes, walk through this. There is a good way to walk through it. And the cool thing was that, well, it was interesting because she, when she, we found out she had lost the baby and she was up at the hospital, part of me, I just wanted to help so much. And yet the thought, I thought, oh, I don't want to interrupt. I don't want to enter, you know. So I, the thought of calling them and saying, can I come up and hold the baby? Plus, I didn't know. I was like, I've never been around a baby that wasn't alive before. Oh, right. So yeah. I was like terrified of that. And so part of me was sad, but part of me was too scared. It's a lot to process. It was a lot. <laughs> and so I just didn't do anything. Now, fast forward. Uh-huh. We lose Isaac. Margie finds out. Margie gets in her car and she drives across the state. She is there. She is there. <laughs> and she comes. Uh, she was there not long after he, he was born. Really? I don't even know how she did she that. She was, was just incredible. It was like she was teleported from and one side of the state to the other. And that's the kind of support. It's just you don't have to say the right words. You don't have no. to do the right thing. You're no. just there. And the other beautiful thing she did was she brought a basket. With all kinds of, with a congratulations on the birth of your baby. You know, it's a boy. It was was like a celebration that he had been here. Like he had existed. He was for real. Yes. And I think that's what a lot of, that's where a lot of families might not understand how important it is to acknowledge the life of this child. normalcy. Because that's pretty much all you're going to get at that point. Right. You know. Um, is yeah, when baby arrives, there is a sense of normalcy, exactly. And, and she helped sort of steer yeah. that ship a little bit even more, she you did. know. And she came in and she said things like, Um, you don't have to hurry home, you don't have to hurry to leave him, right? And take your time with him, take as much time as you need with him. Nobody's gonna send you packing. <laughs> so, uh huh. Then you guys decided to stay. Um, and we'll talk about more about right after the birth in a minute, but you guys stayed like overnight. Yeah, we did. And we you just spent time together. A little over a day and just really made the most of it because we knew you held we him, knew and then we kept him with you. This is the time we're going to get with him. And you watched movies. You did some of the things you were hoping to do as a family. Yeah. Um before we they lost him. Yeah. And so whatever they could squeeze in in that couple of that twenty four hours yeah. or whatever that they were mm-hmm. there, um they took a walk with him. They walked out to sort of the, like the little outdoor area at the hospital yeah. and just enjoyed him. And I'll never forget could. walking out because there was a courtyard attached to the hospital, and that's just and the uh, nurse that was kind of with us, she 
grieving was her specialty and she was a Christian as well. So she just really meshed with us really well. And she just was the sweetest thing. And, um, she was walking out there. She's like, would you like to just go outside for a little while? And I was like, Oh, I think I was, you know, like allowed or something. And she's like, no, no, you can go outside. And, and so we did, we walked out with him and I'll never forget walking past a woman on the phone, um, in the hallway. And, um, and I was just like, oh, you know, just thinking, oh, what if, you know, I don't know what people are going to do, but you know, I just, I need to do this. I need to be out in the sun just a little bit. It's just, you know, get out of these four walls. Walked past her. And as she's talking with someone on the phone, she just stopped and she's like, I'm sorry. I'm so distracted. I just saw the cutest brand new baby go right by. She had no idea. Oh, wow. She had absolutely no idea. And that that just felt so good. Mm. It was like God just sort of gave me that gift. Mm. I love that. (laughs) I love that. And I love how you guys spent time together. But right after he was born. So uh, we're going to rewind just a little bit to um, we sort of were, I was warned that this could, this birth could take a while because right. it was, the baby wasn't alive and they don't really help. No. Um, and normally your first birth. Yeah. Which also takes, tends to be longer mm-hmm. and yeah, baby not helping tends to be longer. Right, right. Um, and so we just sort of, and I wasn't really told that it would take, I wasn't really given Nobody, the time frame. Right. And I didn't really, at that point I wasn't even thinking of a time frame. Right. I was just, right. okay, we're just gonna get through this next night and you know I had my doula she was just by my side all the time and Jacob was able to rest and they would she and Jacob would change and it was just godsend and just yeah I went went back to a friend's house and I um she as soon as I walked in just to sleep for the night and then go back to the hospital in the morning because it was going to take a while she brought me tea toast and just sat with me and ministered yeah. to right you. <laughs> exactly and and uh, you had good people surrounding you yeah. and just and it was just a matter of waiting and right. just laboring right and just, right yeah so all that to say um I let a bunch of people know you need to be praying for her this could be long. I let Heidi St. John know who has her humongous Facebook page and she just threw it out there and women were praying Prayer all over network. the world. <laughs> and you guys, the next morning, about seven o'clock in the morning, like, so this uh-huh. is not that much. I mean, this no, is like maybe it was seven or eight hours into I the labor. Say it was, it was a very long night. That was, that was the nice. longest night of my life. I'm sure. I mean, time is very relative, obviously, but it was just it was really long. Mm-hmm. And I just, but I kept feeling like you just need to wait for the sun to come up in the morning. You just need to get in the morning and, and just, you know, persevere basically. Right. And, um, I had good, I had great support though, which helped a lot. Didn't sleep because I just kept wondering, you know, I don't know where all this is going. Right. Right. And your body's working hard at the same time. Yeah. And so you just, but you, so your mind can only think and so much. Right. You really just have to kind of focus on the next contraction. Anyone who's been in labor or had a baby knows you just kind of have to focus on the next thing, which is kind of a gift. Yes. To a way you just do the next because thing. Because she was just focused on that. And that was the thing that amazed me was how strong you were through all of that. And, and you had explained to me, it's just, I, it's all I could do. That, that was my focus. Right. Was to was, this and to child. absolutely not think about where all this was going. Right. Just focus, focus on, on the this. Labor. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got a phone call about seven in the morning at my friend's house and they said, you need to get down here because this is progressing quickly. And I was like in complete shock because I had been told it could be 48 hours. Like it could have been a really long time. Uh And here we are like seven hours, maybe eight hours into it. (laughs) And she's already like making progress. And so I threw on my clothes and went down there and I could hear Mm -hmm. you were definitely, definitely in the harder part of of labor, (laughs) probably getting close to transition and all of that. But Mm -hmm. all that to say, he was born at what time? 10 in the morning? Yeah. I what think, time did they oh. induce you? 11 or midnight? Something like that? Yeah, it was about, yeah, 12 hours prior and it had to kind of get going and right. stuff. And so total 10 hours 10 of hours. labor. That was a flipping miracle. You know, I mean, <laughs> that God was, was just God. so merciful. And, uh, you know, going back to, you know, not wondering how I would handle 
you know, a baby that wasn't alive. Can I just say, I never thought about it at that point and never even crossed my mind when any of this was happening. And as soon as that baby was born, I could not wait to get my hands on him. Well, and what was great was also just a huge answer to prayer was pushed for. Oh, it was a very short amount of time. I don't even know what it was like. 15, 20 minutes, I want to say. It might have been. Which was also just kind of a shocker. And because I do remember saying, hearing people like professionals saying, this could also take a while. Right. And I was like, okay. And just, and at that point too, your body is kind of able to handle a little more because things have progressed to where the baby's coming and you've got your head on your shoulders a little more to where you're, you're like, I don't know what this is going to be like. And just, but again, it was like the same discipline that had been applied then. I mm-hmm. don't think about that. Just do what you need to do next. Right. right. Do the next thing. <laughs> and I had, yeah, just so much support cheering us, cheering me on mm-hmm. right there. Just really, it was just quiet support. Right. Too. It right. Was just, you know, yeah. I yeah. think that was the really cool thing. There was just, there was a sense of peace there. And even your doctor was a very peaceful person, and he was, he was. careful to use and warm I, compresses to yeah. prepare you for that birth. And, and I had never met him before. Nope. <laughs> he was very respectful. Um, I, but so everybody in the room was just, it was just wonderful. And the, and the baby was born, and we were all, this is the thing that people don't understand, Yeah, is that um, how much the first 15 to 30 minutes after birth are much like having a live baby. Yes, because you finally get to see him. And I would never think of this or know this if Mm -hmm. I hadn't gone through it, but it is because you finally get to see that little face that in those hands and feet and it's been forming inside of you all these nine months. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's still very gratifying. It's really kind of all you have, so you have to make the most of it. But it's just very much like, you know, every child is so uniquely crafted that Mm -hmm. You just appreciate that just as much. Right. And, you know, you've made it through labor, you you know, right. and just, and it was great because my husband caught him, Jacob caught him, and he was just as excited as I was. Mm-hmm. He didn't let it get to him at all. He just, he swooped him up and just they laid did. him on my chest and it was just hugely gratifying and very just normal it, it was it was i was so and surprised it was joyful and, and joyful we were <laughs> laughing and just You're like he was checking him out all here. of his little toes and fingers and we didn't want to forget anything yeah you know like this was our chance to to just inspect the little guy you know lots of pictures that was Uh one thing that you know some people think they don't want to take pictures oh my goodness i'm so glad we took so many pictures oh me too and uh Jenna, your sister was there with the camera, and she was just really diligent about getting yes. a lot of pictures. Yes, and yeah, and during our stay there too, not long after birth, we also had um, someone come out from a right. program called "Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep," which is photos. Um, not all the children technically pass away, but if they're in like NICU and right. just and it's rocky start, or you don't know, or you do know, they come and take professional pictures right. and. And they're beautiful pictures. Again, very Yes. And because, just, you know, when a baby is born um, sleeping, their circulation has stopped. And yes, so he was there are quite blue and, and discolored. And um, not that we cared, but one of the things that I did do, my husband wasn't there at the time with the rest of the kids. We had a couple of the kids there, three uh-huh. of them, uh, okay. Johanna yeah. and, Brit- and uh, Jenna, and then Silas was there. Um, but what we did was, uh, my husband was driving across the state and get trying to get there. He was on his way while you were yeah. giving birth. Uh-huh. So I talked to him on the phone and I said to him, "Listen, I want you to let the kids know that you know um, Isaac's color is going to look different um, because right. of this, that, and the other things. So if they could just know that ahead of time and just uh-huh. don't be surprised and don't act like it's a big deal. So we sort of." prepped them a little bit as to what they were going to be walking into right and they handled it beautifully and it wasn't even a put on it was very candid very genuine very genuine very authentic and sincere and Mm -hmm. we took pictures and they're holding him and they're smiling again very much like having a we have a picture with him and jacob's family and our and my family and just 
like, yeah, everybody. And um, I was just so grateful that nobody seemed put off like that or didn't want to take pictures or anything. They all wanted to get a a picture with him. And and we had those. And it was just, I mean, really, all this is transpiring over 24, 48 hours. So, I mean, those pictures are all we have. All you have, exactly. And so you can't even take enough of them. You can always throw pictures out, but you can't recreate them. Really, you know. really. And and the gal (laughs) who came in to take the pictures was just, she's a wonderful Christian mom. Yes. Who is just so sweet and sensitive. And, and I don't even know. I didn't even know how she got there. She just showed up. She just show, I think the hospital calls and originally it was supposed to be somebody else mm-hmm. and that person got a headache and this gal ended up coming. It turns out we had a friend in common. I mean, it was just, it was just from across the state. It was yeah. crazy. So God just orchestrated. I guess what I'm saying is we could just see God's fingerprints all over mm-hmm. this, how he was bringing people that he wanted there specifically for that scenario. And I remember Amber said, um, the photographer, she told me, I don't know if it was the same day or later, but she said, this is one of the most amazingly unique situations that I have photographed there was so much joy so much peace and he Isaac was just a really special boy and it was just so amazing to hear somebody from the outside who didn't even know us was coming in and saying I do this all the time and I'm sensing God's spirit here Mm -hmm. you know and that was just so I'm getting goosebumps but because he was there we invited him there and he was there and it was just such an answer to prayer and I remember um, seeing a, a, a quote later on that said, God's will never takes you where his grace cannot keep you. And, or another yeah. word would be sustain you. And that is exactly, exactly what we experienced. And we had this yes. beautiful family time. And Margie, again, was the one who said, <laughs> we need to take a family picture. Uh-huh. You all are here. Let's get a family picture. And she put us all together and we took a picture with Isaac because that was going to be the only family picture he would ever be in. Uh I sent it out with our Christmas cards. I said, I don't care if this bothers people. (laughs) He's part of our family and nobody said a thing. So I don't know if it bothered anybody or not, but I really didn't care because that was part of my role as a mama bear was to protect you, uh, to help you have the things you wanted and needed. For, which was a sense of normalcy mm-hmm. for me. Right. And really, it, and just like really any part we could include him at right. all, you know, right. it was just like, that was just the, that meant the world to me, mm-hmm. really. And we'll always have that picture. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, uh, so Margie was just wonderful. I, I remember thanking her. Thank you for getting in the car and driving all the way here and being here so quickly. She said, wild horses couldn't keep me away. (laughs) (laughs) And that's just like, that's, oh my goodness. That just makes such a difference when you're walking through something. And it's so funny. It's not even having to say the perfect thing or do the perfect thing. It's just your presence. That's exactly right. In fact, I would like you to share a little bit with the moms as a mom who's been there. What do you think are the things they say? There's a mom listening. She's going a friend of hers is experiencing this or is listening knowing that there's a possibility that she could know someone i mean that's chances are we're going to know someone who lost a baby through stillbirth right so how what is the best way for them to walk through it with that person what are the most helpful things were the most helpful things for you for me it was um just well, later on, as we got, you know, emails from people and um, some people didn't know what to think or didn't do anything. And I can understand why, but um, just or really it was just being candid. And, you know, even if you haven't walked through that, even if right. I, you know, I would run to people who were like who hadn't been through it, but they knew me and they just wanted to say something. Mm-hmm. And. That meant a lot because mm-hmm. it was like they were going out of their comfort zone right? to um, just be there for us. Right. And it was just, just the gesture of being there. That's mm-hmm. probably the number one thing of just right. showing up, being right. there, just giving a hug. Right. Like You do not oh, have to have answers. No. You do not have to have a word. I remember uh, a, a good friend of ours who had been our friend for years when she saw us the first time after all of this happened. 
she just walked up to us and or was she I wasn't there actually she was she was talking to dad she walked up to my husband Daryl and she said I don't which is probably the best thing like, to can say. can I just give you a hug? <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's all. And that was perfect. And just saying, I don't know what to say. Yeah. It was like. It's acknowledging okay. the validity of the depth of what somebody is walking through. The right. depth of the grief. You're and saying, I have no words for it. Because there really aren't words for there it. There are no words for it. And Lots of feelings. <laughs> right. Lots of feelings. But no words. and no, They don't have words. They don't have answers. Mm-hmm. Um. They're not, you know, recommending any two-step, three-step, ten-step programs. They're just, it's a hug, and I don't know what to say, right. you know, but we're here. Right. And and also, don't mean, say, call us if you need anything, because they're not going to call you. It's probably not That's gonna not going to happen. I'm going to tell you right now, it's yeah. not going to happen. No. The best thing you can do is offer something specific. Can I bring you a meal next week? Or, Our church was amazing, yeah. by the way. They really, they supported us they were there for us and but they did they they brought us meals just like you would maybe have after having a baby it was just and that was the other thing I think we need to talk about uh, mention as far as being helpful and you had mentioned it earlier it's acknowledge the life of the child that the child existed like this is a real baby who I don't who know brought how to joy it. to his parents exactly. by his just his as presence. much normalcy as possible, right? Like you can bring, like Margie did, a balloon and little yeah. goodies and chocolate and things. To and on his sort first of, birthday, she sent me a hot wheel car for him, right? You no, know, just you know, little things like that. They're just like there's certain that, moments along the way yeah. that are going to be extra hard, yeah. like. Like for uh, landmarks, yeah, holidays. Really, though, to start with, just out of the starting gate, I mean, there are no words to describe leaving the hospital without Mm -hmm. your baby. Mm -hmm. Um, That was that was the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, Mm -hmm. It just didn't seem. It was just so much emotionally, physically. You're just as a new mother, wrong on so many levels. Especially when it's your first one, you don't have children at home. Um, but it's just funny because, um, I do remember I took, they had a, they had a teddy bear for him and I took it home with me. And I remember the nurse was like, do you want to just leave that with him? You know? And I was like, no, because I have nothing else in my arms right now. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, she great. walked us to our car and yeah, going home is hard. Yeah. I I just I my heart was just breaking as I would, knew you were leaving the hospital and going to the car and seeing the empty car seat and getting in the car and driving home and, and everything was you know set up you've been preparing that's mm-hmm. what you do when you're nesting right, right. and um, the one grace yeah. I know you mentioned was that it was a tiny apartment so you couldn't set up a lot of stuff. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot set up, which was kind of a blessing in disguise at first, but yeah, I just you just go home and you just you just don't want to touch anything, right? You just you need to you be, be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, my husband was absolutely Jacob was incredible. He just we didn't really have a lot to say, but again, we're both introverts, so right. we just um I just remember, yeah, that first time he just told me that was all we needed mm-hmm. and uh, it was just sort of like yeah you just you get through the first day you get through the first week and right. God's grace is just fully there though he's right. just supporting you and underneath it all it's very hard but you just feel like even though it's not okay it will be okay right. <laughs> it will be okay is that he just supersedes all of this and it's all right the things feel messy and broken and completely not what you could have ever wanted but his grace is just so strong that you just still feel a sense of peace underneath all of it. Right. And that was probably the most, just the biggest testimony to me that, you know, if we can walk through this and his grace is enough, we can handle anything. That's right. That's right. And, you know, I remember you saying so many times, God is still good. God is still good. God is still good. Because he was getting us through all of it. And it was like, he, he is still good and he is still a good God and he still loves us. And it did not, none of it made sense, but it was just, there was still this, just, you just have to have faith that, you know what? 
he is still good. He still loves us, and he is orchestrating everything for our good through That's all right. of this, even though we can't see. But we're going to choose to bank on that. Right. <laughs> and there was also that word redemption that seemed to come up all the time. Uh-huh. Like this story is, is a story of redemption. And we get to watch. We're going to watch and see what that looks like right. as it unfolds and you're waiting in front of us. And, right. And eventually that turns into a we will wait in joyful expectation. Right. Because he's going to turn this around and right. he's going to use this. And we began to see even little ways that he was bringing redemption um, through his story and, and just a lot of little testi- testimonies that people would share with us and yeah. just different things along the way because um, tuning our ears and our eyes to the fact that God is good and that he's sovereign is so huge. It's what anchors us. It mm-hmm. what it's what that those are the two things that grounded us is that we didn't have to know the whys. Right. Exactly. I don't even think I ever asked why. And I know that may sound really weird, but our focus was really that he's good and we're banking on that, like you mm-hmm. said. And there was a lot it wasn't just, oh, we're gonna use positive thinking. God was good oh, no. enough to give us these little things, these things, this peace that you were talking about, mm-hmm. this grace that you're talking about, to confirm that trusting him was was a good thing to do, that it was the right thing to do, and that it was a smart thing to do, that it was, I don't even know, that we could, that yeah. we just, that we actually could, because he was good. And he was right there with us. He wasn't leaving us out to dry. No. His presence was very much there. Mm-hmm. And just that he was walking through it with us. And, right. and I just kept feeling inclined that, you know, this is hard, but you do make a choice of where you're going to land with this. And it starts by where you head. Right. And, and that, you know, those weeks following, it was like, yeah, there's a lot of hard questions. And sometimes I just had to say, okay, you know, I just, I am not going to go there anymore. I'm not, I, I can go around and around and there's just you know, again, with the whys. Because you do tend to do that afterwards. Right. That is definitely more of a temptation Well, because you after. have to, you're revisiting the could we have done something to right. prevent this. It just. Which is totally it, part it, of the process. It's part of the process. Um, and with that, that, those were the weeks where God was like, I can handle your hard questions. Right. I can handle you yelling at me. He can shoulder I can ta- this. He can take all of that. But where are you going to land? You right. know, just. You are, you know, you have to make a choice. And at first it was so hard. It was excruciatingly hard. Like gears grinding to choose gratitude. It was like, it's like you are going to have to make this choice. Do you think that was probably one of the number one things that helped you head the right direction? That was the number one thing that got me through was, you know, just little things. A hot cup of coffee in the morning. It's amazing. Just you really... You, sometimes you are scraping bottom. It feels like it, but at the same time, you're like, you just sort of, after losing someone, you also have a fresh perspective for those things in life. Exactly. Just, you know. And there's a savoring of something that you just sort of took for granted. And again, before. he kept coming up behind us with all these gifts along the way. We mm-hmm. were um, home one time and we were eating dinner and we had a knock on the door and a friend from church was like, I just felt really led to um, give this to you and just left us with a gift. And we looked and she had left us with a small sum of money and she had no way of knowing that our anniversary was coming up in mm-hmm. a few days. And we had no idea what we were going to do and how do you celebrate? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, God was like, here, I want you to go celebrate. I want you to go out and I want you to go do something. Right. You know, and it was just like, okay, we can choose gratitude for this. It's like you provided a way to do something normal. Right. And, and I remember, um, reading about actually George Mueller would keep a journal of the way God provided. And it was funny because I had, I wanted to do that in my marriage. So from the time we got married, because when you're married, you're, you're kind of at the bottom of where you're ever going to be is making money and scraping by. And you're, you know, 
everyone remembers their first home that they were right, in. It's right. probably your, <laughs> oftentimes your worst too, right. in a way where you just, you make it work. But I wanted to journal ever since we got married and I moved into that tiny apartment. Okay. Provided by God, you know, we were able to afford to fix our car, you know, right. things like that. Well, then when everything happened with Isaac, it was like a new challenge of, are you going to keep doing this? So I did. I just wrote down, you know, this was provided today just out of the blue, you know. And it wasn't necessarily um, <laughs> tangible items, right? Right. It wasn't. Always, it was just, and it was always very much what we needed at the time. Right. It was very tailor-made. Right. And that was just constantly right. a testimony that he was walking through it. He was providing us. He wasn't going to make us walk this mountain all by ourselves. He was going to walk with us. Right. No matter how slow we went. Right. Um, he was just going to be there. Yeah. I love that. I know when we, so you left the hospital, came home, started that process. I think we were in town for a while yet. So you spent some time with us. Uh-huh. Um, but then we had to go home. No, we didn't go home. I stayed. Everybody else went home. They came yeah. back the next week for the memorial service. Mm-hmm. So I stuck around because, um, there were things that needed to be done. And, and that is probably really hard. I can't imagine people who go through this alone because there's when you lose someone, there is a lot of decisions to be made. Right. right. Um, and if we hadn't had that support, I don't think I could have made it through that. Both of us, we were just, yeah. you you feel very numb for a while. Yeah. And you still have to choose how you're going, what are you going to do with his body? You know, right. for the duration, it, the hospital kept it yes, until we were ready it. for it. And um, so that was made, made arrangements. arrangements. We went to graveside to pick that out and uh-huh. before that morning I remember I was just mad I felt like Weezer uh, or not Weezer um uh, on Still Magnolia Sally Field uh-huh. when after she, her daughter passed away mm-hmm. and um just the anger she she never got angry and then all of a sudden she just lost it <laughs> and that's yeah. how I was feeling that morning I was texting a few friends and they were just so good about saying it's okay you know just <laughs> It's okay to be mad, and you know, like blah, blah, blah. one person sent me a verse. I was like, "I'm glad you're not here with me because I think I would deck you right now." <laughs> <laughs> but instead, yeah. these guys were like, "We totally understand," and they were just. In fact, it turned into a joke. We started going back and forth about some of the lines on Steel Magnolias, and it was just like because you could just relate. It so was much. humor. It was like laughter's right. medicine, and so. But I, the bottom line was, I did not want to go to the cemetery and pick out a gravesite that day. Mm-hmm. I was like, Mm-mm, nope, I don't want to do that. Nope. <laughs> and that's not like me. I'm like, if I need to do something, then I do it. You know, we Pull just up your we, we do what we have to do, but yeah. not that day. I was like, uh-uh, I don't want to do this. And I was telling God, Mm-mm, I don't want to do this. You need to figure something else out. <laughs> so, well, anyway. Right. And I short. think I struggled. I was struggling with that as well. But again, it's, this is about like a week into things. And so you're still feeling very numb. Like, you're just sort of walking around in a bit of a dream. Right. You're like, this is really life right, right. now. This is right. another hard thing. I need to do this. Yeah. You know, you're just praying. <laughs> okay. So, so I um, was, you ended up running late, which gave mm-hmm. me a little more time. And I stopped at Carol Ann's, my dear, sweet mentoring mom, who lived around the corner from where I was staying. And um, she, we had a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. We talked. By the time I left there, I was ready. I was like, and so we met you at the at the cemetery, and um, I think it was Jacob's you. dad, yeah, and Tom and mm-hmm. me. We were the ones who yeah. came with, and we just—it was just so the four of us were just the four of walking us. around. And it was, you know, there was it was between two spots, and um, I was watching your face, mm-hmm. um, and I and I was thinking about who you are as a person, and, it was and the good. difference between the spots. And yeah. I just said, I, Brittany, I don't know if you're gonna. Do you think you're going to like the spot? Because you were asking insightful questions. You weren't like giving me answers, but you were asking me questions that were helping me sort of think through it in the state that I right. was in of what was going to be important. If we bury him here, when you come to visit, you're right by the road. So the cars that go by are going to. Which was very helpful because at that point I was just still like kind of in shock. Right. right. Like, how do I decide this? Right. This isn't what I was mentally prepared to be doing at this point one right. week postpartum at all. Right. <laughs> and so we walked, they said, well, let's, let's, here's another spot. And they walked, we walked towards this other spot and it was away from the road. It was just in the perfect place, but the sun was shining down 
on that spot. <laughs> and it was we like, like huh. okay, he this sort of feels just, so... We, yeah. My point is we had such a strong sense of where this needed to happen. God just provided the answer provided, for me because there was no way I could yes, decide exactly, at that point. Exactly. So we, we did that and we got in the car. And as we left, I just remember you just like went forward in the seat and just started sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And I remember just thinking, I don't know what I'm doing here. I, <laughs> I don't know how to help. And I just thought it was like the Lord just kept saying, it's okay. Just be there. Just be there. Mm-hmm. So we, I just, that's what I did. I just stopped the car and I held you and we may have talked a little bit, but really weren't a lot of words. Um, and then we got on a project because you, we had discussed this. You had decided to pump um, yes, when your milk came in. You were going to pump. We're walking around and it is cold. And I, I, this is what happens when you have a baby, you know? And right. These are all, this is all part of the picture. It was just, it was so good to have the support because I almost didn't feel anything. And right. you were like, we need to make sure you're taken care of here. Because right. I could like hardly take care of myself. It right. was just, you know. So we yeah. had, you had gotten, somehow we, we had, had gotten a hold of a breast pump because we had asked somebody yeah. for it. Yeah. And we went to the, you know, the, the what was it, the drugstore and to, to get some containers or something. I don't even remember yeah. why we were there, but we needed to get some things. We're some, just like, we still have to, these are just the practical things these you are have practical to deal with. Things, right. And so, but we had, you had decided I want to give my milk to someone. And we, there were several reasons. Um, one, I think it was just to feel like it felt like it would like it felt like it was something Isaac would have wanted me to do you know and that you know being able to I had read multiple times just um kind of through my walk with God reading testimonies of lots of different people how they turned their grief in a way to help other people Mm -hmm. and to serve other people and that actually serving is what helped them survive and help them heal trauma and grief and help them heal. And I just, I couldn't, I didn't know what else I could do. And that felt like something I could do. Right. And I remembered you did that. You had pumped for a few people growing up, um, After a friend's a baby. baby that was adopted. And then another friend's baby who had, heart, had surgery. heart surgery. And I was like, this is something I could really do to help. And and so, um, yeah, so I, I told you, and you just together. you just jumped in and just helped me do accomplish right, that. Right, and, and also I feel great. like there was confirmation, too, that physically that would be good for you. Right. Good for your body, because what happens, we all know this, anybody who's nursed a baby, you know there's that relaxant there's that goes through your body. There's something about yeah. nursing. Yes. Um, and, yeah, and, and it, helps, um, it helps with the stress and the tension. And I remember... At the hospital, actually, going back just for a second, um, briefly, a nurse had told me to, like, bind something around my... And I almost got mad at her Mm. because I just... I don't know. And just the way that affected me, I was like, I need to do something with this. Right. Because, uh, like, I just feel like I need to do something with this. And and it was so healing. And it felt like it, it gave me a chance to just cry when I needed to and heal and have some normalcy and it just sort of round up settled me yeah I would have that time for reading my bible or you know just praying just really praying mostly just talking just to God being, yeah mm-hmm. yeah well doing something that's helpful to someone yeah and and one of the reasons I could so easily picture this is because when Silas was in the hospital with his heart surgery and I was pumping and he couldn't have milk and I was pumping for someone <laughs> else I just know I wanted to keep my milk production up so that I could nurse him when he got better but I remember how important that relaxation was. I didn't even know I needed to cry until I would start pumping. Exactly. And the tears would come, but mm-hmm. I might have just kept them inside had I not yeah. pumped. And so it was just such a beautiful, it's just like God to, to give us something like that. Uh-huh. To help and us to give that. direction. Exactly. Exactly. So we went, uh, I would kind of moving forward here because we're getting a little short on time. I don't, I, it's like I want to linger over this and make sure that we're giving it. Um, the the time that it so deserves, but let's talk just a minute about the memorial service. And mm. uh, we had some yeah. friends who volunteered to build his um, coffin, which meant more to me than just finding somewhere. Mm-hmm. Because that was one thing we were finding in the grieving industry that it was overpriced and right. very stereotypical. Right, and we just 
we didn't want to do that, but we were newlyweds. We couldn't really afford to not do that. And people just stepped in. People would actually help to like pitch in towards things. Right. And right. But Kevin yeah. is the one who made this. He's a, he's in construction mm-hmm. and he immediately, that was something I think he felt led to do. So he, right. And he, and he offered, offered it because we were like, we, I don't think we'd even gotten to the no, point of had deciding that. And, and it's just, like God said, here, you don't need to make a decision here. You don't need to make like a decision. Provision it was like provision through people stepping exactly, up and exactly. just being So this was the doula's husband. Yes. Who were also, they're also friends of ours. Um, so that was beautiful as well. Um, and then we, you decided not to involve a funeral home. That was very, that would yeah. could be very, very expensive. And and it just didn't seem right it for didn't a seem baby. Right. Not, and so <laughs> this is a, such a cool thing. Um, my husband was very standoffish at first because he'd never experienced anything like this, but we were all experiencing something new. And um, he was just having to do that right along with us. But uh, Jacob requested, asked that his own dad and then your dad, Daryl, mm-hmm. um, go with him to go get Isaac and to put him in his coffin and seal the coffin. Um, because he, he was probably about 40 minutes away from yeah. where he was going to be buried. Yeah. So they went that morning, they went to go get him and, um, they did all of that. They did it together and it was a very, very precious time. Daryl, daddy's so glad that he experienced it because it was just the Holy spirit was there. He was like, I was surprised how he hadn't really changed in a week. Mm-hmm. Like he felt like that was a grace that he really right. just pretty much looked the same. And, and we yeah. bar- and buried him with um, a necklace, part piece of a necklace yes, that dad had made. It was a circle that was cut into three pieces, mm-hmm. and it had what verse on it? It was a heart. Oh, it was a heart, and it was uh, a verse about basically God be with you till we meet, till we meet again, again. something along those and lines. As Isaac's name in the front right. and um i have one side of the heart jacob has the other and then the middle part is we barely with isaac, with isaac. Mm-hmm. and um so that was a that was just a a neat part of the process um so they brought him and it's just so interesting because you know you have experiences like dad said he's like we bring the coffin out to the car and we're like we can't put him in the trunk he's got to be on the seat next and to there's jacob. just so just many these things, things that and you it's don't. very hard too with our culture because mm-hmm. there's no exposure to these things we are so far removed from death yeah and yet death is part of life and, and it's what makes almost, life precious it almost makes it more intimidating because we don't really know about these things we hand them off to somebody else and i did not want to do that it was something that we wanted to do and my husband was very adamant about this as well we need to do this ourselves. Right. And I find that so interesting because it's a ritual that used to happen with families who lost loved ones. The, the loved ones stayed in the home and the family prepared the body and the family prepped It was everything. even, yeah, it was and, very. And so this was Some cultures still do those it's things. a ritual. It's a passageway that you have to, that if you walk through is really lends itself to more healing. It does. And, and, and lends itself to walking healthily through the but grieving it process. requires you to do the hard thing. You have to do the hard thing. And this, I had this conversation with Adam. Um, we were staying with Adam and Kathy. Um, those are friends that I, I stayed with while this, all this was going on. And it was just amazing through this whole thing. But I remember saying to Adam before the memorial service, I don't know Again, I was having, having a another moment. moment. <laughs> um, it wasn't quite as intense, but it was just like, can I just do something else? Be somewhere else? You know, and I, I laugh because I can relate. Right. Because obviously I have to go through with this. Right. But you're still just constantly talking with my husband and my mom and every and everyone in the family of, this is so hard. I don't know so if I can hard. do this. Yeah. And so he just looked at me and said, this is a passage way that you have to walk healthy. I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly how he worded it, but it was, it just sealed the deal for me. Ha- you, it's like, yes, having it's those hard. friends who aren't giving you an out of the hard thing, right. but they're coming up behind you. Exactly. Saying you can do this. You can do this. Exactly. And so move forward. We, we had the memorial service. That was something I will never, ever forget because <laughs> we're waiting there and dad pulls up the car to bring the baby. And I had specifically asked that nobody wear black. Right. Because I just we had sunflowers didn't want that feeling right close of dreary. Right. I wanted and we had kids there mm-hmm. and they were wearing bright clothes and like and everyone honored that. And it right. was like 
they just took a moment to sort of put themselves in my shoes, which was so sweet, and to honor that and mm-hmm. to wear brightly colored clothes. And it wasn't like ridiculous, but it was just cheerful. It was not your stereotypical what you might see on a movie, everyone wearing exactly. black. Exactly. Exactly. And they brought their children there. These kids were mature enough to understand their, and, you know, having my own kids now, I'm like, you, you have to talk to them about this right. ahead of time. Right. And I just appreciated that they were willing to do that and let their kids experience yeah. this. Yes. And they, the kids all had flowers that they walked by and tossed mm-hmm. and threw down into the grave. But before uh, that happened, uh, dad, I'll never forget watching dad and Tom, Jacob's dad, carry that little casket. It was I won't forget that either because it was unbelievable. It was such a grand, moment. Both his grand, his, his grandfathers were both. They were just stepping up and doing the right thing. It was, and that was such a blessing because none of us was walking through this alone. We were all doing the hard thing, and in doing the hard thing, there was harmony, there was unity, there was love, there was just an overflow of blessings and. This is the God we serve. You know, how can we be upset with him when he is so, so good and he provides everything we need as we walk through this? And so they bring him over. And I have to say the lowering into the ground was probably a low point for me. It was like, I just didn't want him to go. You know, I mean, he was gone, but I didn't want him to go, you know. And so then the the children, Tom gave a great um, talk and he sang some songs and then the children and I remember I'll never forget he said you know well I remember seeing when they first walked um up with him just going oh, this is hard because like and me I just I am that personality where I put myself in other people's shoes as to how they may be portraying this even when it was my son that we lost but going oh it's my dad's first grandchild and his first grandson this isn't just like they ha- they don't have a bunch of other grandkids. Right. Not that this would that would not make things any it easier, but it it's a hard blow. Right. And I just about broke down sobbing during this. I just it's so funny feeling for everybody else. And, well, and when <laughs> when my father in law Tom was saying, you know, uh, this was my first grandson, and I'll never forget to take him fishing. He just acknowledged that it was hard for him, too, and still moved on with giving a sermon. Right. It was right. just like... And I'm sure that was one of the hardest things he ever did. So, but also just feeling supported that... It was just amazing that God was giving us grace and all our loved ones right. grace to do the hard thing. And we felt so supported in that. Right. That That's they right. weren't just saying, oh, we're kind of here for you and, you know, but keep only moving as forward. As it was... We're going to jump in with you. We're going to do the hard thing with you so you don't feel alone. Right. And, and I so think you that's feel God. That's, that's the key right there. I think if you hear, you know, only a couple of things in this podcast yeah. that you, I, we want you to hear this because that is how we're supposed to, that ha- I believe that is God's intention for us as the body of Christ yes. to each other. This is how we are the body of Christ to each other. And if we can do that, in death, we can do that in all the other things, exactly. the little things, the things that drive us crazy. Can we just get over it? You yeah. know, and can really, we just be the body of Christ to each other? Understand that there's grace upon grace for us and there's grace upon grace for each other. And our job is to walk that out together and to walk alongside of each other. We don't have to understand everything. No. We just so, need to be there. It really helps to, put things in perspective. It really does. And it really does. And you just you never lose respect for people who are willing to walk through those hard things with That's you. Right. That's right. So I think this is where we're going to end the podcast because it's a little bit, uh, we're just a little bit over our hour, but mm-hmm. I think this is a good place to stop. And on the next podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about your biggest struggles in those first weeks and months of grieving. And then into, uh, we're going to talk about the next pregnancy, when that happened and things that you walked through with that. And um, because a lot of people are under the impression that, you know, once you get pregnant again, or once you have that next baby, everything goes back to normal and nothing, nothing could be further from the truth. (laughs) No, you are forever changed. You are forever changed. Yeah. And I think that's what grief is. Grief is understanding. And I think what I, one of my takeaways from this whole experience was understanding that grief is 
that adjustment period from what you thought your life was going to be like to what it is actually like, what mm-hmm. God has ordained, something he's put in front of you, some big curveball um, that's happened that will forever change you because you will never, ever be the same. And that's not a bad thing. Right. But that process of accepting it. Adapting. And embracing and it. understanding that this was God's best for you. That he had this planned all along and he knew you were going to walk. He was, you were going to walk this out and he was going to lay the path before you. And this was how you will eventually be able to help other people. Exactly. Because it's a story of redemption because God is a God of redemption. Mm -hmm. But the journey uh, in that process is not an easy one. Yeah, it was, these were not the first hard things you had to do. No. <laughs> and so we'll be talking about more of that in the next podcast. And I hope that you will mm-hmm. join us um, because it's a beautiful story. Um, and I, I think God has some huge amount of encouragement in it for <laughs> others. But let's go ahead and pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for Isaac. We thank you for his life. We thank you for allowing us to hold him, allowing us to meet him, allowing us to uh, be his family. We just thank you for this day. We are marking again the life of this precious boy who makes all of us look forward to heaven like never before. Lord, we thank you for him. We thank you for walking with us through all this. We thank you for your faithfulness and that you will be just as faithful to those who are listening who might experience this or something like this, Lord, you will be just as faithful to them as you have been to us. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name.